0: Welcome to the Singapore Fintech Festival edition of Mind Your Business. It's Ryan and Audrey with you. Money FM 89.3 is an official media partner of this year's festival, which will cover wide-ranging concerns in the fintech space, including environmental issues like ESG.
1: Yeah, and although the demand is clear, ESG performance reporting remains a little confusing and inconsistent for investors and consumers alike.
0: For businesses looking to get ESG right, murky standards mean that they too face a challenge of making sense of principles that they should adhere to.
1: Yeah, but to clear those murky waters a little, one UK-based company that has developed a real-time ESG analytics platform that provides accurate and scientifically curated data on 19,000 companies across the ESG s and G pillars. So we have Gordon Tevito Duncan, who is the co-founder of Gaia Lens, who joins us in the studio for this conversation. Gordon, thanks for being here on The Breakfast Show and welcome to Singapore. Pleasure to be here. Great. Okay, so let's get started. Gaia Lens, you know, calculates ESG scores for like 19,000 companies in real time. For our listeners, could you maybe give us a quick breakdown of the key aspects under each of the ESG pillars that are covered on your platform?
2: Yeah, we calculate real-time scores every day for our 19,000 companies that we cover, and our scores are four different levels to them. So there's an overall ESG score, pillar-level scores, ESG, g theme-level scores, and then the lowest level is factor-level scores. Okay. So underneath the pillars, there are a set of themes for each one. So for the environmental pillar, we're looking at waste management, water management, greenhouse gas emissions, uh, environmental impacts, and energy production and consumption. For the social pillar, we break it down into three main themes. So we're looking at workforce, community and customers and then for governance pillar we're looking at leadership and management uh, business ethics risk and crisis management and business model and innovation
0: yeah you've been collecting a lot of data can we liken you to almost like a bloomberg of sorts when it comes to esg data a bloomberg terminal of sorts
2: Yeah, we have a lot of data that that we make um, accessible to our clients and users of our platform. And we collect it from many different sources as well. So we're looking at company reported data. Uh, We're looking at specialist data sets from NGOs who are experts in a particular uh, niche of of ESG. And we're doing a lot of work on our side as well to Mm -hmm. to engineer features and make sense of, of ESG data out there as well.
0: So you're harvesting a lot of the publicly listed information as well as collecting your own to analyze and project financial models as well.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, We're doing a lot of processing on our side to try and standardize the data. It's even a challenge processing company reported data at scale because of the lack of standardization. Some companies report the same metrics in a very different way. So, for example, some companies report intensity metrics in terms of numbers of employees, whereas other ones, which is normally the standard, will report intensity metrics in terms of revenue. So we have to triangulate different metrics to make sure that we're doing like for like comparisons as best as we can.
0: Yeah, Gordon, give us an idea right now. When someone's trying to invest in the ESG landscape, how tough is it to get hold of data? And how do you change the game?
2: Yeah, it is very challenging for investors right now as, as ESG data is unstandardized, inconsistent, and there's, there's a lot of missing data. Uh, so, you know, we're really trying to provide investors with the highest quality and most up-to-date ESG data. And a key benefit that we can give investors from using our platform is that concept of, of transparency and explainability. They can see exactly where it comes from and then take their own viewpoint uh, from it. And it's also very important, I think, to offer investors a holistic view of a company. Uh, So for example, the social social metrics are generally not as well covered and and harder to come by. So you know, a lot of investors are largely using environmental and governance data points, which means that they might have biases towards those two pillars. It's also really important to look at the news as well, because a lot of ESG data may be very out of date. It might be a year plus out of date, particularly on the environmental side. So to get that holistic view of a company, an up-to-date view, you need to look at what's happening in the news as well. You know, is there a particular scandal or controversy that that companies have experienced? And that's really important to to keep investors up to date as well.
1: Yeah, uh, you definitely touched on some of the concerns and challenges in the ESG space. You spoke about the lack of standardized regulation across various countries and regions. Another issue that we wanted to bring up is greenwashing. How much greenwashing occurs as a result of this lack of regulation? And is that an issue at Guy
2: Yeah, greenwashing is definitely a, a key topic that a lot of investors are concerned about. And and yeah, it, it is a result of, of the lack of reporting regulations out there. And I mean, being realistic, ESG has grown dramatically over the last decade. And, and I think each country and region has tried to figure out what is important to, to them in terms of ESG metrics to focus on. But greenwashing definitely happens uh, because, you know, a lot of companies don't have to report in the same way they have to do financial reporting. And let's be honest as well, you know, corporations are profit maximizing entities. So they're generally going to do the minimum level of reporting they have to because it's a cost to them to do that and set up these functions. But it also happens on the investor side as well. You know, we've seen this year there's a framework in, in the EU called the SFDR and um the highest level of sustainability in terms of funds is is what's called an Article Nine fund, but you see a lot of asset managers actually downgrading their product categorization in fears of being accused of greenwashing so it, ha- it happens both on the company side and the investor side, and we've actually just done a, a tech sprint with the FCA in the u k the the regulator and they're very concerned about consumers being misled about or missold sustainable products which are not actually adhering to their claims. so it is going on, and again, you know all we try and offer are our investor clients is the ability to try and verify companies' claims and actually give them a wide array of data so they can make their own mind up about what a company is doing. So a lot of data, Gordon,
0: are there any specific industries that are more challenging to find data, perhaps less transparent, the type of sustainability data that they're willing to release? No, How do you get around it?
2: Yeah, there is definitely variation across industries. So we have our own proprietary transparency score, which reflects how much data we have for a particular company compared to its peer group. And last time last time we checked, actually the entertainment industry was one of those industries that, that actually have a, a lower transparency score on average. But I, I think in general it's less about the actual industry and more about the composition of that industry in terms of how many companies that are headquartered in emerging markets in that industry and also the size of companies. Naturally the smaller the company, the harder it is for them to, to report generally. So in ESG data there is a strong large company bias. You know, generally large companies have the ability to report on on sustainability metrics and the processes to do that so it's probably less about industry driving reporting and transparency and more about emerging markets versus developed markets and and small versus large companies
1: got it but to paint a broad picture right from large to small how would you you know rate the level of esg literacy among companies in general and uh, are there perhaps extra steps that can be taken on a policy level to encourage firms to be more forthcoming with sustainability reporting
2: yeah, there's definitely varying literacy with respect to the size of the company. I think a good indicator is is looking at the point in time where a company has hired or created the sort of head of ESG, head of sustainability role. And that gives an indication of how mature they are in, in their journey and, and mm. perhaps the, the budget they're putting behind their reporting. But yeah, we we think from from the guidelines perspective, we we are definitely proponents of more of a more standardised framework across the board. You know, similar to the accounting standards out there in terms of IFRS and GAAP. You know, I think if companies have that framework to report for sustainability metrics, that will make a massive difference in the quality of data coming from corporates.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And final question before we let you go, um, let's turn to the investors now. So far, what kind of feedback have you heard from them? and when it comes to the quality of the data and the kind of data that they hope to maybe see more
2: of? I think investors are finding it very challenging to deal with ESG data. It is unstandardized ESG data that there's a lot of gaps and the quality of data, you know, varies a lot from company to company and region to region. So again, I think investors do really want to see that kind of more convergence in, in reporting standards and more companies reporting across the board. You know, As, as I mentioned, you know, a lot of companies are focusing on the environmental side, but also investors do want to see more social pillar related metrics as well, which are really important to them. So there's a lot to be done, but hopefully things are moving in the right direction. You know, There are different countries and, and regions trying to collaborate on bringing together uh, the convergence of, of ESG reporting.
1: Absolutely. Lots more to look forward to in that space. Gordon, thank you so much for joining us in the studio this morning. Thank you. We were speaking with Gordon Tevito Duncan, who is the co-founder of Gaia Lens. You're listening to MoneyFM 89.3.
0: To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.